Shibshanka Prickett and... I'm Lindy Prickett. And since we broadcast out of India... Namaste! Namaste. <laughs> we haven't said that in a while, have we? No, not recently. Well, whether we're in India or America or England, all the places we've actually produced the podcast from, we're all citizens of planet Earth. And guess what big event is happening this week? Earth Day! Uh-huh. We'll tell you how it started, why it matters, and what you can do to celebrate it. In fact, our whole episode has an earthy vibe to it. We'll hear from an American mom and teacher on a mission to make her kids global kittizens. Staying with the global, let's dive deep. If I say seaweed, you say... Sushi, right? Well, that's not all we can do with this powerful waterweed. Also, find out how an artist from England is helping kids keep an eye on the forest in more ways than one. And spring is in the air. That means it's time for outdoor parties with bouncy castles, right? Well, you'll never believe what your bounce can create on a special eco-friendly party machine. So let's kick this earthy episode off first with... The The Big big News Story of the Week. Friday, April 22nd is Mother's Day. What? Mother's Day is on a Sunday. And like, I thought two weeks from now. (laughs) Isn't it? Oh, you're right. I'm just messing with you. Mother's Day, in most countries, is May 8th, while April 22nd is Earth Day, which is the day we celebrate the Supreme Mother, Mother Earth. So it kind of is a Mother's Day, get it? Mama, you're confusing everybody. Nope, I'm just trying to make sure everyone knows when Mother's Day is, at least in many countries, so they have a little heads up to get those gorgeous cards made and epic day planned for May 8th. But I do also want to draw the connection between mothers who create and or nurture new life and the Mother Earth we live on, which creates and nurtures new life again and again, despite the pain and suffering, pollution and destruction we unleash upon her. (laughs) Yeah, like a mama. I get it now. So how did Earth Day start anyway? Well, it began in the U.S. over 50 years ago, back in 1970. But actually, it's what happened the year earlier that was the horrible inspiration. The scene was sunny Southern California, about six miles off the coast, where oil rigs were drilling for oil. Uh Uh-oh, an oil spill? An oil blowout, in fact. That spewed three million gallons of the sticky black stuff across 35 miles of ocean. Or put another way, enough oil to fill four and a half Olympic-sized swimming pools. But all spread out and floating on the top of the ocean and into the beaches of Santa Barbara. And did lots of animals die? Oh yeah, over three and a half thousand birds as well as dolphins, seals and sea lions. But instead of getting weepy and helplessly doing nothing, a senator from way up in Wisconsin, called Gaylord Nelson, decided to organize a massive teach-in. 
Awara. <laughs> well, it's like a protest, like a sit-in, but one that raises awareness at the same time. Huh? Did people show up? Oh, did they ever! Twenty million Americans—that's ten percent of the population back then—took to the streets, parks, and auditoriums to demonstrate against the impact of 150 years of industrial development that was taking its toll on Mother Earth. Oh yeah, the Industrial Revolution. We've covered that before. Yes, back in episode nine about melting glaciers. In case anyone wants to go back and have a listen. But now Earth Day is international, right? I mean, we're doing stuff here in India. Yep, Earth Day got global in 1990, and now is huge and pretty effective. We all know the problems: too much plastic, air and water pollution, too much of a dependence on dirty fossil fuels. But this campaign for change. Has thrown up a lot of solutions too, and boy, do we have a lot of them to mention on this episode. We sure do. Like the rhinos are back in India. Yep, the great one-horned Indian rhinoceros were almost completely wiped out in the 1990s, killed by hunters and human development moving into their habitats. But after a big conservation campaign, they're back with dozens and sometimes hundreds roaming around various wildlife parks across the country. Hooray! But that's not all. Nope. Staying in India, if I say seaweed, what comes to mind? Sushi or seaweed salad, maybe even seaweed butter. As a matter of fact, ah,、oh, you're making me hungry. That's true, but could you imagine seaweed battling something that's ruining the environment, like plastics or maybe even crude oil, like petrol? You mean like a muscly superhero covered in green seaweed holding a spear and? No, 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 not literally, silly.、Oh. I mean figuratively. Like, can you imagine seaweed taking the place of plastic or petrol? Yeah, no. I mean, what are you gonna do? Wrap foods in soggy green seaweed, or fill up your car with green slimy liquid? Kinda, sorta. What? A company called C6 Energy from Bangalore in southern India is trying to mechanize or use machines in ocean farming, just like tractors did for agriculture on land, making this powerful resource easier to get. What? I think we need to go to our New Delhi environment correspondent, Ranch Zaveri. Thanks, guys. So, seaweed is not just for eating. Oh no! Like most land plants, it's great at sucking up carbon dioxide, which makes our air cleaner. And because it grows super fast, it can do this at a phenomenal rate. Not just that. But seaweed can be used to replace plastic, and get this, it can be used as a fuel, turning into various forms of energy. But the problem with biofuel, as in fuel that comes from living matter like plants, is you need loads of it, and that requires land that might otherwise be used for farming food. Of course. There's loads of space at sea, but farming seaweed can be really hard. Enter a team of super smart Indian innovators. C6 Energy is an Indian company that's developed an easier way to farm seaweed. 
thanks to the new C combine. This uses a catamaran board to move back and forth between lines of seaweed, gathering up the fully grown plants and planting seeds in their place. It's like a tractor, but on water, making the seaweed biofuel revolution a real possibility. Never mind, even more sushi. Pass me the chopsticks, Leela. In New Delhi, India, I'm Rian Saveri, reporting for New Zipaluzi. Thanks a lot, Ranch. I'll see you at the sushi bar. <laughs> so while you're snacking over some sushi, why not give a thought to what you can do for Earth Day? Well, not buy a plastic bottle of juice to go with my sushi, that's for sure. And choose a place that uses paper straws. Good. Anything else? Will you let me roller skate to school? <laughs> it's four miles away. But we have started carpooling and campaigning the school to start a bus route near us. But yes, we should definitely drive less. But we've got more interesting and fun ideas to consider, too. Thanks to science teacher and sustainability activist Jess Purcell, who's also the co-founder of a group called Raising Global Kittizens. You mean global citizens, but for kids? <laughs> Good one. So tell us what we should be doing on Earth Day and every day. Come to think about it. <laughs> Earth Day is one of my favorite holidays. Tip one, save your family's breakfast scraps. Did you know that coffee grounds and eggshells are excellent food for plants? Simply rinse the gunk from inside the empty eggshell, let them dry, then crush them up, mix them with your used coffee grounds, and sprinkle them around your garden or along the base of your houseplants. Speaking of food scraps, did you also know that you can regrow food from scraps? That's right. Lettuce, green onions, and celery are some of our favorite vegetables to regrow. Tip two is save the base or stem of any of these veggies, place them in a shallow dish of fresh water on a sunny windowsill, and with daily water changes, you should see roots begin to grow in 10 days or less. Anytime you can divert food waste from a landfill, you are being an earth hero. All right, eco-warriors, let's move on to tip three. Focus on borrowing instead of buying. Need a new book to read or game to play? Visit your local library. Want a new look for summer? Swap clothes with a friend. Borrowing saves resources to mine, harvest, make, and transport new materials, which means fewer heat-trapping gases being released into the air. It also saves money, which your parents will totally dig. Maybe you've got a pile of t-shirts sitting in the corner of your closet that you can't share. They've seen better days. Well, last but not least, tip four, don't toss them, reuse them. Cotton t-shirts make great paper towel replacements to clean up spills and dust countertops. Just simply cut them up into rectangles and keep a pile of them handy with the cleaning supplies. A side benefit, parents are stoked when they see kids cleaning without being asked. Want more tips to become even stronger Earth heroes? Check out my resources at Thoughtfully Sustainable and Raising Global Kittisons. Happy Earth Day! Awesome ideas, especially the upcycling. I'm all about upcycling. Yeah, that was great. Thanks a lot, Jess. And we're planning to have a longer discussion, aren't we, on Insta Live? Thursday, April 21st, in the run-up to Earth Day. So do check out our Insta page for details and either join the live... Or give us some hearts. Or watch the replay on IGTV. Or you can give us hearts there too. Pretty please. What's that? 
I'll tell you what, that's the halftime bell, which means it's time to hear what's making news around the rest of the world. Hold on tight, it's Around, around the, the World, world in 80, 80 Seconds. seconds. Russia is trying to capture the eastern region of Ukraine after being unable to do so elsewhere in the country. Frustrated Russia sets its sights on the port city of Mariupol, warning troops there to surrender. Meanwhile, the U.S. is likely to announce another $800 million military aid package for Ukraine. In the run-up to Earth Day, eco-activists are ramping up their drive to save the world from climate change. In cities across the globe, climate protesters are blocking roads, buildings and oil storage facilities in hopes of bringing more attention to the climate crisis and convincing people to embrace sustainable living. Speaking of, the U.S. Energy Information Administration said one day last month on March 29th, wind was the second largest generator of electricity in the U.S., not coal or nuclear sources. This is because the U.S. has been steadily creating wind farms over the last decade. They expect the energy to breeze on through. And for the fifth year in a row, Finland is rated the happiest country in the world. Check out our episode 39 when we covered why they received this honor last year. The Northern European country might not get much sunshine, but it is noted for its gender equality, work-life balance, and the small gap between rich and poor. Thank you, Mama, for that. Wait, 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 wait. Huh? Can I say it? Okay, go for it. <laughs> okay. For that, whippity-wappity-zippity-zoppity... Wait a minute. Whippity-wappity-zippity-zappity rap of what's making headlines elsewhere in the world, Mama. Well done, Leela. Wait, no. Something's wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the call of nature. Nature. Get on your safari suit. Or squeeze into your scuba gear. And get ready to hop into a jeep. Or a submarine. Submarine. Because Mother Nature is calling. Nature. We know practically the whole episode is focused on nature, but we couldn't resist playing this buzzy sting just to remind you. And because we like the burping frog at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, talk about keeping an eye on the planet. An effort to make a statement about the importance that forests play in our lives, a group of artists are going to use trees as paint. Huh? Like twigs will be paintbrushes? <laughs> And leaves will make the color for the paint? <laughs> <laughs> no. Something that's both much more simple and grand. Thanks to the Forestry England and the Environment Agency in the UK and the arts organization Sand in Your Eye. Huh? Sand? In, in your eye? That doesn't sound nice. <laughs> but it gets your attention, doesn't it? And it is relevant, as Maya Bull, our North England correspondent, is about to tell us. Alrighty then, take it away, Maya. Thanks, you guys. British artist Jamie Wardley is usually busy making sculptures from sand or ice. But his concern on the environment and his love of trees has given him a new palette. 
300-metre-wide patch of the Dolby Forest in the English county of Yorkshire. That's about the size of 13 tennis courts, by the way. So, I know what you're thinking. Is this artist going to create sand sculptures all over the woods? Nope. He's going to plant trees in a special design to make sure we keep an eye on the environment. He and his team are preparing seedlings for 5,000 beech, alder and maple trees to form the shape of a child's eye. Of course, it will take six years before the trees mature. And yes, the eye will only be visible from the air. But trees will, of course, create more habitats for animals. Never mind absorb nasty carbon in the air and provide us with oxygen we need to breathe. Win-win, I'd say. And did I mention the eye is only the beginning? Eventually, the artists hope to create the whole face of a young girl. Perhaps she'll look like me. In Nottingham, I'm Maya Bull reporting for Newsy Perluzy. Wow, if it looks like you, that would be so cool. Thanks a lot for that report, Maya. Keep us posted on how it grows. And finally, let's see what the Lucky Dip Machine has in store for us this week. Step right step up, step, step right up. up. I'm going the Lucky Dip Machine. The Lucky Dip Machine. What's it going, What's it to, going do? to do? What's it going to do? An oddball, no doubt. An oddball, no doubt. What? Are you kidding? You thought since it was an Earth Day special, there'd be no oddballs? <laughs> Solutions to ecological problems can often be a little odd, it's true. Yep, we're talking about more weird things to do with seaweed. Buy another name. Cue the music, Mama. We first need to do the science bit. So you know, as we've already mentioned on this episode and many others, trees and plants are great at sucking up carbon dioxide from the air. Uh-huh. They feed off of it and then release oxygen in the process, which we need to breathe. Kind of a win-win. Right. Well, algae... You know, the slimy green stuff with no flowers, leaves, or roots that grows across water is the same thing. Another carbon sucker, huh? Like seaweed. Well, actually, seaweed is the common name for countless species of marine plants and algae that grow in water. Huh, guess so. And since algae lives and prospers off carbon dioxide, well, imagine if you had a microscopic algae in tiny little tubes all around you sucking the carbon out of the air. Well, I guess you'd have clean air and a lot of oxygen. Well, imagine if you had a party <laughs> with lots of energetic, bouncy people creating a lot more CO2 that was being pumped directly into the tube. Then you'd stimulate the growth of a lot more algae, right? Exactly, which can be used as biofuel or eco-friendly plastic, as we heard earlier. And what you may ask is helping pump CO2 into these algae tubes? Uh, a special sustainable scientific device. Well, you got the sustainable bit right. I'm talking about the endless energy of kids. At a party. Jumping up and down and up and down and up and down and... Yup, we're talking about eco-warrior bouncy castles. Otherwise known as the moon bounce. Thanks to the clever folks at the Ecologic Studio that created it. What? You mean the never-ending energy of kids 
can be used to not only clean the air, but create loads of algae that can be used to create clean plastic and clean fuel? I told you this was odd, but true. Wowzers, that's so awesome. Hey, where are you going? Well, it's spring and that means it's party season. I'm gonna find this bouncy carbon monster and get jumping. All in the name of saving the planet, you see. And it's time to wrap up the podcast with the, the top, top five, five facts heard today. today. Fab fact number one. Earth Day on April 22nd is a day to reflect on how to live more sustainably on Mother Earth. So her resources are around way into the future. When and where did the first Earth Day start? In the U.S. in 1970. Fab fact number two. And what was that horrible environmental disaster that inspired a senator from Wisconsin to start the first Earth Day? The Santa Barbara oil spill. Fab fact number three. An Indian company has found a way to harvest seaweed underwater more efficiently than ever before. What can seaweed be used for? Making sushi, biofuel, and even biodegradable plastic. Fab fact number four. Seaweed, like most plants, is also great at sucking up carbon dioxide which makes our air cleaner. But it also has one other factor in its favor, which is... It grows super fast, so it can suck up carbon at a phenomenal rate. Fab fact number five. A carbon-busting bouncy castle is using tubes of microscopic algae and the endless energy of kids to clean the air and create more algae, which can be used to create biofuel and an alternative to plastic. What is the common name for countless species of marine plants and algae? Seaweed. And don't forget, if you want to test yourself later on, then go to the Lucky Dip page of our website, newsypalooza.com. That's P-O-O-L-O-O-Z-I. And take this quiz online in your own time. And that almost brings us to the end of this episode of Newsy Palooza. Enjoyed this dip in the pool of news and information, then why don't you tell a friend about us? Like our favorite listener in San Francisco recently did. Thanks a lot, Nirvan Bellman. I hope your friends and teachers take your advice and listen up. Thanks to your dad for letting us know. Alrighty then, see you next week in the happy, splashy, giant, Nizzy Paloozie.